Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast presented by Zwift, a cycling platform that makes training fun. Here with Benji for three things. Trofeo Laguelia recap quickly. Are UAE legit better than last year? 11 runs, 11 wins. Not a cricket podcast yet. Uh, on the board already. Anastrada, Bianca, men and women's preview. But first, in case you missed it, you probably did because it's not broadcast outside of Italy. Rye bought the worldwide rights and only show the race in Italy, which is helpful. Trofeo Leguelia, dot pro race on the Wednesday before Strade. Not many of the Strade favourites here, here, though, unfortunately. Healy Course, Molima won in a solo last year. Lovely race. Lance won, I think, in 95. He was in his early <laughs> 20s on Motorola. But I think I did a video on that. Anyway. UAE had the best team. Port was here. I gotta say, Vicky, how scared were you for Port? Because there's some technical descents here that you have to hit at speed. I was honestly quite scared because in this parkour, like you say, there are descents, but there's like consecutive descents. We've got four times the Colamikeri at the end, and that's a pretty technical descent, and that's the one where I was most scared because they would be hunting down those ascents and others would try and attack him in those ascents and so forth. And like in a short summary, we had a front group opening up with a strong uh, presence of riders, six UAE riders. We had four riders of Ineos. We had, I think, five riders of Intermarché, two riders of uh, uh, Groupama and so forth. So a pretty strong breakaway which uh, was definitely going to make it. And Rodriguez was hammering it, Carlos Rodriguez for Ineos for Port in the descent. I was so scared when Rodriguez was making those moves for Port in the descent because, ah, it's Port. But Port didn't let his wheel go. I yeah. was like, Richie, just let it go. Like, it's tactically fine. Anyway, eventually we have uh, the Cola Micheri that Benji mentioned. It's like 2Ks, 8.2%. And then there's the Capo Mele, last climb, not far from the finish downhill, run into the finish in La Guelia. Uh, and we had a front group form. UAE were the strongest team eventually and all day, really. Front group form of three riders, Covey, Ayuso, the young Spanish talent, and Lorenzo Rota, who I said would do well in Stage 1 Giro, and he's a good guy at this race for Intermarche. We had Rodriguez dropped. He was chasing from behind with Jan Palance, who'd attacked. He'd gotten to the group. And then he'd attacked on the Capo Melli and then got dropped by the three I mentioned. But in the run-in, we had Lorenzo Rota pacing. And was that for points, Benji? Trying to guarantee the top three? Was he worried Rodriguez would come back? Or was he like, these two, Ayuso and Kovi, aren't really working together. Let's just get to the line and we'll go for a sprint. I think it's a bit of a combination. I think that he trusted a sprint. Most likely, I think the points probably matter quite a bit for Antomarché as well. But 
we've seen in Kuna that they don't necessarily think about that in the heat of the moment towards the end of a race. So I'm not sure I can point at that as the reason uh, for him pacing at that point. I was more curious at uh, what UAE was trying to do later on because, yeah, Rota is pacing there for a bit. And UAE had, like you said, Ayuso and also Kovi there. And it seemed like they weren't working together in the way that they both wanted to work together. As no, in, no. Kovi tried to attack in certain places. We had Ayuso trying to attack in other places, trying to roll over Rota a tiny bit, which is a, a valid strategy. On paper, Kovi also has a sprint, but I haven't seen him against Rota 1v1, so I wouldn't be able to guess uh, who would make it in that if it's just a fresh sprint at the end of this race. But... uh I think it also mattered that UAE probably wasn't necessarily looking to work hardcore in that group as well because they know they've got another teammate in the group behind. And yes, he's with Carlos Rodriguez, but do you think that they were trying to make sure they are with three so they are more outnumbering the others? No. I think Ayuso and Kobe refuse to work for each other. I think Kobe's like, you should lead me out for the sprint. What are you doing? It's a flat run in the last 1,500 meters. Kobe had attacked through the tunnel and Ayuso closed him. I think it was full teammate breakdown is my yeah. view on it. And they completely lucked out because when they – no, they didn't lead each other out. And so Polans comes back. They kind of – they were on the radio shouting at each other. I was like, this could be a viral video coming up. Unfortunately, <laughs> Palance catches them, attacks. Rodriguez was with him but lost his wheel and Palance basically dances away uncontested to win this race after being dropped on the Capomelli, but he was very aggressive before. And then Covey and Ayuso started sprinting after him, full gas, <laughs> with Rota on their wheel. So you're going to look at the results here. Palance, Ayuso, Covey, 1-2-3 UAE with Rosa fourth and Rodriguez, Lafay, Ulisi, Ciccone, Pache, Champassin. You look at that 1-2-3, like, wow, they must have just really got this race right. It's like, well, they were definitely the strongest. But, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how Ayuso goes. Yeah. <laughs> Catalonia with Almeida and uh, Soler. Yes, certainly, because I actually agree with like the teamwork thing that didn't go as planned, because at a certain point, Kovi was actually shouting to the front of the group in his microphone as well, while Ayuso was also shouting at the front that he wasn't going to do anything, most likely. That's what I guess he was saying, because he wasn't pulling. And yeah, it's it's fascinating to see, and I'm also curious what it gives in future races, and what it can give. And uh, Are they both riding Strade? Uh, let me have a look. For UAE, no, Ayuso is not listed, but the full UAE team isn't listed uh, at the moment. Kobe is. Let's talk about UAE, though. 11 wins in, I mean, this is 2nd of March, so we've just ended the first six weeks of racing just about. 11 wins, three of them at World Tour level, being UAE, two mountain stages, plus the GC with Pagacha. So Pagacha is the only one to have won world tour races but stir are uh, not sturban trenton won lesser men earlier in the week you have Covey winning uh mercia one day under lucia stage mcnulty winning calvia and fornardesh a very high level and now jan palance winning trofeo laguelia gaviria winning a couple in oman our uae who was so reliant on pog last year benji becoming a better all-round team? Or is this just randomness and also not top competition, 
particularly Oman with Gaviria? Well, first of all, the Gaviria thing, I wouldn't look at that as being the factor here. I just think that Gaviria had not the best sprint competition. Richese was in form and gave him a proper lead out. That's for certain. But then we look at the other candidates in the squad that are actually getting victories. And I think Kov is a bit of a growing up story. He was a potential rider to win races. Last year, I was already hyping up for certain races and he really pushed through this year. He's got his breakout year. And I think that Kov is legit. I think he's going to win a Giro stage. I've mentioned that quite a few times before. I'm hyping it up still. And when it comes to the rest of the squad, there's quite a few riders like this that are slowly but surely growing out of their baby shoes. Like Ayuso, yes, he joined, was it June last year, July last year? He's already growing out of the uh, yeah, the lower ends of UAE, was a very talented rider, is only 19 and is getting these results already. Yes, he's not winning yet, but he's the kind of rider that gets Kovi's results of last year. And at a certain point, he's going to win a race. So these type of riders are just growing and progressing and as a consequence that makes the uae team a broader team a more in-depth team a deeper team to make sure that they can send riders like this to races like Ligueglia and are able to stack that and outnumber people in the final outnumber the competitions in the final because they have good riders six good riders at the start here probably seven but six of those were in that breakaway group six were fighting the final and to ended up in that actual final group of three, which then one came back. So it's the outnumbering by being a deeper squad in a race like this that matters. And being able to stack such riders in a race like this means that you most likely have quite a few riders of a decent level in your squad, definitely compared to some of the other World Tour squads we have. Now, when we look at the incoming transfers, we spoke about it in the UAE uh, pod we had, the preview pod. I think that also is... Uh, with the goal of expanding the width of the team. Like, why do you get a sprinter, Ackerman? You get also Hutch in the squad, Milano, <laughs> Gaviria. Those are four sprinters. Well, the only reason that that could give is that you want to send them to more races uh, or want to send good riders to more races to make sure you are oriented in every single big race and small race throughout the season. So you have every race with proper riders. And yeah, Ackermann is perhaps a bit of overkill. I agree with that. But I think that's also the reason why they got Almeida, for example, to stack it in the Giro and the Vuelta so that Pogaccia can do the Tour and perhaps the Vuelta so that they have options in every single Grand Tour for GC. So I think that's the goal here for UAE. And I think they're doing it well so far. Sure, these are not the biggest races, but I think that Kovi is not as it, at his, his max potential yet, for example. And we haven't even seen Hirschi ride this year. Perhaps he gets back to a level that is decent, unlike what we saw last year, for example. So it's curious. McNulty, forgot to talk about him. Also a rider that is now having a bit of a breakout year in terms of being able to do well in one-day races as well, you know? Yeah, McNulty's definitely improved. I would say in terms of World Tour sprints, still no good. They got no lead out. And Gaviria's okay. no, not so slow. Uh, in terms of GC, yep, Pogaccia sorted for his races. Almeida sorted there. Uh, Hill Classics, still, it's all Pogaccia. So if he's not there, um, Formula is the next best, maybe. And Classics, it's all on Trenton, who, as we saw in Omlope in the World Tour Classic, he 
he's isolated and he's just not as good as other guys. So I think, yeah, they in these sort of hilly non-world tour races, they are looking good. Are UAE going to be dominating Liège? I mean, Pogaccio won it last year, but maybe with Hershey <laughs> back perhaps. But yeah. I'm not sure they are like the new superpower just because they've won eight dot one dot pro races in in february obviously pigaccia they've still got the trump card of the best all-round gc rider in the world and that's the most important piece to have but in terms of depth dominating races i I don't see it i don't see it yet um but if he or she comes back maybe if mcnulty keeps progressing maybe like if mcnulty starts winning one week gc races and almeida as well at world tour level benji then they have a super team. Yeah, I agree. But when it comes to the one-day races, there's also that factor of they're sending Pogacar to RVV and Dwarsdorf Landeren now. Is he going to be a, a factor in the final in those races? I'd expect him to be quite involved. But uh, it's also something we'll see, I guess, and something we need to uh, yeah, observe before we can judge whether that's going to be a factor of improving their classics team as well. But again, that's kind of putting an extra burden on Pogacar, I would say. Yeah, and you see Alaphilippe not doing the classics this year for Quickstep, despite being one of the top riders for it, and focusing on the Ardennes and the Tours. So how that will affect Pog, I'm not sure. Maybe heightened crash risk, etc. But that's UAE. Before we get into the Strade preview, a word from our show partner Zwift. The Tour of Watopia starts next week. Five stages of riding with five new routes, unlocks, and double XP, so your efforts help you level up twice as quickly. If you didn't see it, we actually had Jay Vine join the group ride last night. It was pretty fun. Make sure to follow us on Twitter at Lantern Rouge CP to be kept updated on future Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast Zwift group rides. Thanks as always to Zwift for supporting the show. Strada Bianca preview. We have it this weekend. It's not a monument, but it's just a, we thought we'd do a preview anyway. It's one of the probably most popular races on the calendar now, 185 kilometers long from Siena to Siena Piazza del Campo. They do a big loop of the Tuscan region, taking in a lot of gravel, uh, downhills, uphills. It's not just like, like you ought to be able to descend on the gravel here to do well in this course. And punchy climbs. We had the Classica Jaén, the Spanish version of this race, well, it's supposed trying to be last month. It had longer climbs, almost steeper pinches in it, and whereas these are a bit shorter. The previous winners include Cancellara, Stibar, Kwiatkowski. Uh, did Benoit win it or Wells? Can't remember. Um, Benoit. Uh, those sort of right. Van Aert, Matthew van der Poel won last year with the huge attack on uh, the Siena Piazza del Campo climb, but... We have no Wout We have no Matthew van der Poel, two big guys. And it's, a, I think, a bit of a smaller race physically. Stibar, I can't even see lined up. Asgren, not in great form. It's, yeah, it's a bit different without those really big guys in it. And Pagacha's lining up, no Bernal from last year. Who do you see as the favorite Benji? Because it's actually Pagacha in the betting markets. 
Oh, okay. Honestly, I think he can be a factor for the podium, quite certainly. He has an option to win it as well, but I think UAE is going to play it similarly to Laiweglia, where they'll try and do well with Kovi, with Pogacar, and therefore might have one of those two up there, and not necessarily both of them. Nonetheless, then we look at other squads, and my favorites, to be honest, or I'd argue Alaphilippe on paper is definitely in the favorites for me. Yes, Osgrin has not been the strongest in the last couple of weeks, but he was looking a bit better in Kuna as support for Alaphilippe. This is a non-confirmed team, by the way, for the start list, but I'm guessing he'll be there. I think he had a puncture last year at a certain point and therefore wasn't actually uh, part of the uh, actual race in uh, Strade last year. Honore, I think he's had COVID as well, but I'm not 100% certain and didn't have a, an ideal week in that one-week race he rode as a consequence. Mauro Schmidt, he won that gravel stage at the Giro. I've got no clue what to expect in Strade. He was good at, was it Saudi Tour, I think, or was it Oman? Oman, I think. Um, Peter Seri, Verwake, and Devenens. That's quite a decent support team with Devenens by the sides of Alaphilippe, of course, for a race like this. And to be honest, you don't need extraordinary support in a race like this because it opens up usually on the Monte Santi Marie, which is with about 60k to go. And that climb slash sterato section, because it's both, well, that basically obliterates most of the group or the last two years at least. And then I look at another team where I've got a rider that I see as a co-favorite based on his racing of the last week was Pitcock at Ineos, who was riding at Kuna very well and at Omlop, very offensive. I'm curious whether Narvaez is going to join the start list for them. Kwiatkowski, that could be very supportive of Pitcock in that race. And I think he would be uh, one of the riders I do expect to do well. But before you uh, jump in, I want to give uh, a shout out to Tish Benoit for riding a really good envelope and Kuhn. And I think he's going to be an outsider once again to be in the final of this race for uh, Jumbo. I think he's their leader, isn't he? Well, I think so as well. Like, unless Milan Varda, the mountain biker on Jumbo, who actually looked good straight away, yeah, unless he's exactly. on. I think Benoit's their leader. I'd be surprised if he wasn't in G1. Yep. We've got Quinn Simmons here who had bad luck in Strada last year but made the strong Group 1. I'd expect him to be up there again. He's been training in the US. Israel have Fulsang and Clark. I wouldn't be surprised if Clark finished ahead of Fulsang in this race. Court, uh, yep. Guerrero, Valgren at EF, Moscon looked awful at Omloop uh, for Astana, <laughs> but he should be good in this race. Uh, Movistar, got Bala. Valverde is about 40 to 1. I quite like him for it. Lotto Sudal, though. Wellens, Campanat, Van Moor, Krohn, Van Hills, Frizon. They, they have an above-average team here, Benji, and Wellens is in career form. We are in the month of March yeah, now, though. That's exactly. the problem. I think good form on Wellens is now completely illegal as we cross the month. So on paper, he shouldn't do well anymore. But <laughs> in realism, I do actually believe that Wellens will be uh, in good form here and should be one of the factors in the latter part of the race. Was good at Maritime Duvar, was good in that, uh, what was it? Oh, I don't remember that name of that gravel race in, in Spain. Yes, that's the one. You're right. Um, that's one where I expect... Uh, why that's why I expect him to do well here as well. Campanars was looking good in the races so far as well. I haven't seen him in Strade before though, but on paper I'd argue he should do well on that. And knowing that he's the kind of rider that likes it opening early the races, 
because then he can try and attack away from groups that are individual riders because that kind of fits for his strategy, I would argue, and then try and time trial away, which is a strategy I'd apply to him. But I think it's a strong team. I don't know what to expect what to expect from Brent von Moore here. Cause while we do know he's a good breakaway rider and so forth, and getting away towards the end and then time trialing towards the final, I haven't seen him or don't remember him too much on like pure cobble terrain and so forth and his uh his results there. And therefore on gravel, I also don't know what he's going to offer. Or hills. Um some of these deep pinches as well. I mean that high end race, speaking of it, Connor Swift came fifth. It was a fair way back, but those climbs were long. And easy for Arkeas Samzik. They got Bargui as well. Eli Jezber, Romanadi. Swift, I, I like Swift for it. I really think yeah. Swift, if he's in good form, should be doing well here. I wouldn't be surprised if both he and Bargui are top 10. Um, it, it's a... I'm just struggling to conceptualize how this because if Alaphilippe's in good form, you'd think Quickstep would make the race hard. With no MVP in Wout here, they can be confident in that and then have Alaphilippe try and attack a reduced group late. That's the sort of blueprint. He should be the favorite, really. Um, in terms of Asia 2R, Cosnifra hasn't looked that good this year, and it's something you should, you know, GVA. He looked okay at Omloop, but still not not that great. Morich here for Bahrain with Bill Bow. Bardet here for DSM. He's been on the podium before. Who's your who do you think which team do you think will take control, Benji, and try and split the race up? Because I think it should be Lotto. I think Lotto should try and get Campanats ahead, Crone ahead, Wellens ahead, rather than waiting with a squad to have Alaphilippe attack and not be able to have them respond. I completely agree. First of all, I think it should be Lotto as well, and perhaps Yumbo as well, because I don't think a Wellens Campanarts and a Benoit, for example, for Yumbo are the kind of riders that will be able to follow in Alaphilippe when he no. punches away on a steep pinch. As a consequence, those teams are the ones I'm looking at to try and make the race hard, to open it up on the Monte Santi Marie, to make sure it's harder race. And then I look at UAE team Emirates and I think Govi Pogacar Formula, like when Alaphilippe goes, the only person I see remotely able to try and follow on a steep pinch is Pogacar perhaps. Like Govi, I think, is is not the guy to punch with Alaphilippe on that final stretch in Siena as well. So those are also riders which I'm saying like, they should probably make the race, a bit, the race a bit hard as well. That could benefit them. And if they can make it once again that they're in a group like in Laiweglia with multiple riders while other teams only have a few riders, they can play out that numerical advantage. And that's the same thing with Lotto, perhaps, with Wellens and Campanarts. Although I don't think more than two riders of that will be reaching the, like, if an elite group forms on the Monte Sante Marie like last year, I don't think there will be more than two Lotto riders there. I think it's Campanards and Wellens, the candidates for that, personally. Now, we look at other teams that you're like, Bahrain victorious, Bilbao Mohoric. I'm actually feeling like Mohoric could be a rider that plays in the same kind of way that Campanards does. Yep. As in, like, he wants to open it up early as well. He wants to try and get away solo somehow because he's likely not going to make it in a sprint against Alaphilippe on that final stretch as well. But uh, then we look at Bora, Higita, Idis Helling. Skelling hasn't been looking no so chance. great this year. 
But Higita, <laughs> like, I don't see it. Henley Eater, like. Higita can't ride his bike on the tarmac. <laughs> Is this safe for him to be here? <laughs> I don't know. He needs, like, extra wheels. <laughs> Bilbao came top 10 last year just on your Bahrain point. So, and Clark came top 10 too, yeah. as well as the gogglers. There's, there's some strata specialists, but Bilbao, Goggle. as you said, I think they'll throw them ahead. Goggle, does he top 10 again? Of course he does. It's like it's like the rule of law at this point that Michael Goggle <laughs> is in the group that you don't expect him to be. Yeah. I remember all the tweets that showed up last year when we were talking, Alaphilippe, Vanderpool, Van Aert, these riders are all in this group. And then Michael Goggle. <laughs> Genius. We have Michael Matthews making his proper season debut. He's had a month off. He did the Mallorcan races, consistent top 10s there, but no races in February. I'm not sure if he's done Strade before. He didn't do it last year. Uh, I, I don't really know how he he goes well at Britannia Classic. He'd probably go well at Paris Tour. This is a bit different to that. But I'm keen to see how Matthews goes. Bike Exchange need his points, and he's a consistent top 10 one-day racer in World Tour races. But I really I don't have a strong inkling into his form, nor how he'll go in Strada. Intermarché. Taco, 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 taco. Oh, taco. Yeah, I was going to say Intermarché. <laughs> I can't see Fliegen on their start list, but it's not full yet. But Bacalance and Rota look good at uh, Trofeo La Guelia. I yep. think they're going to get two guys in the top 10 again. Well, it's their aim, right? Like, yeah. this team, it would be fun if they win a race like this, but I don't see that happening. But I do believe that Rotak in top 10. Bakalans and Hermans both have the option, you know? Van der Hoorn, I think the steep pinches are too hard for him. He, uh, he's he's, he's, be he's got to get ahead early. Early break. Yeah. Is that too early? I think he. it's never too early for Taco. Look at, <laughs> look at Omlo. Oh, he's no, already Turner on the road. Right. <laughs> yeah, just I think send Taco early and then hope he can yeah. keep up with the groups later. And then hopefully Rotas or someone's kept up with that group and their multiple options. But okay, I am picking for this race. Uh, Alaphilippe's I think should be the favorite, but I got Savers or long shots on Simmons, Valverde and Wellens. Okay, I'm going to pick for this race. Ooh. I'm going to go Belgian style. I think Tijbinot is the one I'm going to go for because he's been looking good so far. He gets one opportunity at, at Yumbo this year, probably, and that's this race because <laughs> I don't see on the calendar another option to have Tijbinot as leader for that team. So I think that's an option. But next to that, I think one rider that's always in my heart uh, is Alessandro Covi, and uh, I do believe he will be strong here as well. But the only thing I don't trust completely is if he's in a group with a rider like Alaphilippe on the on the steep pinches at the end, he's not making it most likely against that rider. But hey, Kovi and Benoit are my two riders. I wish Jumbo had sent Vingegaard here as a co-leader after his win yeah. the other day. I think it would have been nice to see, and he's looking pretty explosive. But yeah, it's going to be it's always a good race. Aramburu's here. Yeah, well, we haven't spoken about Aramburu. How is this he- allowed? Didn't he disgrace himself on the weekend? I can't remember what he did. He fell in envelope, mate. Oh. And got 13th anyway. <laughs> right. I mean, him and even Garcia, uh, Cortina, in a bit of a battle for supremacy, I think. But Strade Women's Race is also on. Same day, 136Ks uh, on the 5th of March. It has the same... Uh, 
they, I can't see that they have the same sort of run in. They do have the same finish to Siena at the Piazza del Campo, but not that uh, Montmarie extended gravel section. The start list, of course, has Mariana Voss, who I think will probably win. They have Annemiek van Vleuten here, who disagrees with that statement. Mavi Garcia for the UAE team, Cavalli, Chapman, Ludwig at FDJ, although Chapman just messaged me saying she's in Andorra, so I don't know if I trust this stylist anymore. <laughs> but I'm reading uh, Canyon Nuvidoma. Amir Lusik, the Belarusian, who actually is now prevented from doing any Dutch races. SD Works, Kopecky, Mormon, Vollering, Vandenbroek, Black, Trek, Brand Balsamo, Longo Bordighini, Cordon Rigaud. Who do you like for it, Benji? Looking at SD Works, I think Kopecky is the kind of rider that I'm like, oh, this spark, the pinches are too hard for her on this terrain. She really? was looking good in the weekend, but on the mirror, she was not being able True. to follow the the climbing of Volring and Van Vleuten. We did not see Mariana Vos on the road yet, I think, this year. No. Uh, so that's a rider I do expect quite a bit from. I don't know what to expect from Chantal van den Broek Blaai because she's the kind of rider that I think she won last year by getting away earlier. And as a consequence, she got that advantage before they got to that final climbing section. But she was with someone, I just can't remember who she was with. She dropped Longo Borghini, you're right. And uh, the thing here is, maybe she's again that rider that goes early. But then the question is, if you look at FDG, Ludwig and Cavalli last year, we had a bit of a strategic uh, miscalculation, in my opinion at least, where they could have gotten a podium spot by pacing for the other, but neither wanted to pace for the other, and instead Cavalli kept attacking. Um, but I do believe they're strong at this finish. Like Cicely Ludwig, that Siena finish fits her on paper, but the problem is that she needs to be in the front group to be able to do that. And if that's the case, then Von Vleuten is probably there as well, Mariana Vos probably there as well. And as a consequence, well, uh, most likely she doesn't win. So, Nivia Doma, what do you think? I think she's got a better team now. Soraya Paladin came 14th last year, but she was on Live Racing. She's now her teammate here. I think she's got more options. And that was the problem for Nivia Doma last year. Every single race last year, she was isolated in the group and would get attacked by SD Works. And I think, yeah, that's a problem. So. I'm expecting her. They've got a slightly – well, no, they have a better team. They've got better transfers. Uh, but still, these are unknown start lists. They're not confirmed in concrete. I still think the strongest overall team is SD Works. Vollering, Kapeki, Vandenbroek Black. Norman even came like 11th last year. They're going to throw riders up the road. AVV is going to have to try and respond solo. Will Voss go with her? That, what I think Voss should do, Benji, not react to the SD Works attacks. AVV is going to go solo at some point and just hope she bridges her. Um, who yeah. do you think wins in in the final uphill sprint between Nivia Doma, Voss, Vollering, and Van Vleuten after a pretty hard race? I'm saying Voss, and the reason that I'm saying that is the climb is short enough for Voss to be able to get that acceleration that Vanderpool had last year, for example, yep. in the men's race, while Niviadoma probably needs the climb to be twice as long to be able to make sure those acceleration-type punchers like Voss are not as effective towards her. And then we look at Van Vleuten, and I think she's... Uh, oh. I think she's kind of like more like Nivia Doma than like Voss on that final climb. Yeah. 
I I agree with you. I think Voss would take it, but it I I'm not expecting them all to make it to the base together. It's usually yep. split apart before then. And ST works like that. They'll, they'll have thrown riders up the road if they have riders in groups. But I'm taking Mariana Voss, uh, which is a bit brave, I think, even though she is Mariana Voss because of AVV's performance last week in Omloop, which is pretty terrifying. Who have you got? Oh, I want to go for a complete outsider, but it's a bit too crazy perhaps to say Audrey Cordon go. Because she's most likely to ride her that Trek sense up the road to try and put pressure on other teams. So I'm going to go with... I think Longo Borghini will get away with another rider, and this time around she won't get slapped on the final uh, Siena climb. Like Van Aert's redemption, cramps to victory from yeah. Shield learnt from last year. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that was our Strata Bianca preview. Hope you enjoyed it. We're looking forward to watching it this weekend. Thanks as always to Zwift for supporting the podcast and we'll see you with the Strata recaps on Saturday. Ciao. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 